ladies and gentlemen, welcome to season two of Consensus Pod. I'm your host, Tiffany Lady T. Harris. And this season, I wanted to do something a little different. Now, we are still available on Red Circle, Spotify, Google Pod, and everywhere else that you were able to listen to your audio cast last season. However, this season, we're going to be doing a video cast um, as well and posting those to YouTube and IGTV. So, and a couple of other different places, maybe Vimo and some other stuff. However, um, today, I think I wanted to kick off this episode with, um, I guess, a precautionary warning about the content of this episode, because it does cover some things such as body dysmorphia and, um, to say it in TikTok terms, the unaliving of oneself. And while these are, these particularly are very serious issues, uh, I don't want people to see this episode or, or listen to this on an audio cast and think that this is something that we are taking lightly because I am not. Um, <clears throat> but uh, fair warning, this is a this episode touches on some touchy subjects, so I just thought that I would let you guys know before I roll music and get to the meat of today's episode, which is the dangers of social media. And of course, we're going to talk about uh, everything from YouTube, ironically, though, even though this is going on YouTube, um, Snapchat, WhatsApp, what have you. And uh, we're going to talk about the effects that it has on teens regarding mental health, body dysmorphia, and self-esteem issues we're also going to talk about things like scam artists and um the much talked about controversy of the international escort rings led from instagram by wealthy men around the world so i'm gonna roll music and let you guys sit back strap your seat belts on and get ready for this Hello, ladies and gentlemen, again, uh, welcome to season two of Consensus Pod with your host, Tiffany Lady T. Harris. <sighs> and uh, first off, it's been too long, it seems, in between these breaks for, before seasons, but I had to bring this season back with <clears throat> something fresh and funky. Now, I normally focus on you know faith and family and modern society and how to navigate that as a member of the nuclear family, but this season with society being what it is <clears throat> now, I wanted to focus more on modern society than anything else. And what I'm about to discuss in this episode just does deal in terms with a large, um, I guess, portion of modern society because it, we are living in the digital age. Now, <clears throat> I actually was inspired to do this episode after watching Netflix's documentary, The Social, uh, the Social Dilemma. And if you haven't watched it, I highly suggest that you go and do that because you're going to learn a lot of things, including, but not limited to, the harmful effects that social media has on the minds of young people, teenagers in particular, and <clears throat> how algorithms basically work to keep users addicted to social media. 
Now, if you don't know how algorithms work, what they do is that they uh, process data on each individual social media profile that you have. And if you have whatever your interests are, oh shit. Whatever your interests are shown to be uh, with regard to anything on social media from uh, the videos that you watch to the things that you may buy. Well, what happens is your social media site collects that data and then processes it to continue to flood your timeline with more of that content to keep you coming back. Um, this actually was originally done to draw interest in uh, the social media platform by companies. And let me start by saying this, actually let me backtrack and say this. Social media wasn't meant to be the addiction that it is today. It was actually meant to draw families closer together from wherever they were. Uh, in other words, let's say that I live in the state of Florida and my mother lives in Washington state. Now that would be physically impossible for us to see each other every single day. We could call each other on the phone, but it's still not the same as seeing that person in private. I'm, I'm in face to face. It's also not um, the same as uh, it made it easier for us to do things like exchange pictures and things like that with each other. So what started out as something seemingly harmless took a deadly turn real quick and it ballooned into all of this, uh, this hotbed of addiction and social media companies actually lost sight of the original goal, which was to bring people together. And they fell into the trap of greed and their greed fueled is fueling because it's still going on the addiction of people in various parts of the world. And it's not just here in America. It's everywhere because social media is everywhere. I don't know where you are <clears throat> watching this video, but you probably won't just be in America. Um, I've had YouTube accounts before and I've noticed that I would put a video up on a particular subject and someone in Ireland would comment or something like that. And it it's, just goes to show when you put things out on the web, you're not just talking to a specific audience in your country, you're talking to a specific audience wherever. Uh, so that's the, uh, the thing about the internet that can be cool, but it can be worrisome depending on how you use it. Um, but I wanted to get into this, uh, subject because I don't think it's discussed enough, maybe. And if it is the, by the people who are discussing it, it's greatly ignored. We're in a day and age where we're all sitting stuck in a phone or on a tablet or a computer, and we don't know in depth what this is doing to us. We don't know that we are actually, ironically, social media was meant to, bring us closer together but it's actually made us more lonely than ever um and it's done th it's messed with the self-esteem of younger people especially girls in particular regarding their bodies and the way that they look especially after 2020 when you had the emergence of instagram face where people were getting plastic surgery because they didn't like the way that they looked on a zoom call when we were on lockdown and everyone was having zoom meetings with their bosses for those of people who did not lose their jobs so then you have the emergence of Instagram face and it's the uh, attention drawn to like plastic models on the internet has soared and with young girls, younger girls, it has uh, caused a, a sense of body dysmorphia it's a, or a problem with body dysmorphia. 
that is something that we're going to get into with the next few articles I'm about to read. So sit back uh, and uh, focus on this. Oh, and this also deals with, um, I'm going to use TikTok terms here, the rate of unaliving of people. Um, so just fair warning. Okay, so what I am uh, reading from is a post by the guardian called teen girls and body image and instagram's potty uh instagram's perfect storm <laughs> my mind is on something else i have to talk about in the video later but anyway so we begin with the story of emily who started using instagram in her teens and the continued use of instagram for her turned into an eating disorder and body dysmorphia and all that other stuff so uh that is very alarming but i want you to read uh, to pay specific attention to this paragraph here and a little bit to this one here it says uh two in five girls 40 percent ages 11 to 16 in the uk say they have seen images online that have made them feel insecure or less confident about themselves i think to a certain extent all of us can relate to that because god knows i was like 13 watching bet and had the unrealistic expectation that at 13 years old i was supposed to have a body like beyonce did in uh bootylicious when she was like 26 with toned abs and all that other stuff. But um, there's more. This increases to have 50% of girls ages 17 to 21, according to research by a girl guiding in its annual attitude, uh, its annual girls attitude survey. Sonia Livingstone, professor of social psychology at the Department of Media and Communications, LSE, describes adolescence for teenage girls as an arc that tends to begin with the staple experiences of interest in play, in painting pets or playing with younger siblings through to more confident young women ready to face the world. But it is an experience in the middle of that parable that represents a particularly challenge and where Instagram can be most troubling. So where what we basically did is continue a social problem from just images on your screen on TV, which could be turned off at whim. And we've continued it online, but it's worse now because for some reason, everybody, including 11 and 12 year old little girls are running around with cell phones and smartphones at that. And so this stuff is, there's really no way to prevent, well, there is a way to prevent them by just, you know, not buying the stuff in the first place, but, um, it's almost impossible at this point to keep them from seeing things like this. So unless you're going to go all out and just not buy them phones or uh, go back and buy the non-smartphones, which some young people are actually doing, you're exposing your kids to this type of stuff. Um, but it gets worse. I think even worse. And it says girls who use social media for at least two or three hours per day at the beginning of the study when they were about 13 years old and then greatly increased their use over time were at a higher clinical risk for unaliving themselves as emerging adults. That is something that <clears throat> we don't tend to deal with with social media. Um, let's get in a little bit. I don't want to read the whole article because of course this thing is lengthy, but I do just want to give you <clears throat> a little bit here of what um, is going on and how this just shows how dangerous the social media stuff is for kids. It says, as teens' <clears throat> use of social media has grown over the past decade, so too has the unalive rate among younger people, with unalive now being the second leading cause of death among those ages 10 to 34. 
Many have suggested that social media is driving the increased unalive risk, but because social media is still relatively new, it has been difficult to determine its long-term effects on mental health. And the longest study to date on social media's use and unalive, uh, unalive BYU research recently published a journal of youth and adolescents now offers some answers. Through annual surveys from 2009 to 2019, researchers tracked the media use patterns and mental health <clears throat> of 500 teens as part of a flourishing families project. They found that while social media use had little effect on boys unalive risk, for girls, there was a tipping point. Girls who use social media for at least two to three hours per day at the beginning of the study when they were about 13 years old and then greatly increased their use over time were at a higher clinical risk for unalive as emerging adults. Something about that specific social media use pattern is particularly harmful for young girls, said BYU professor Sarah Coy, the lead author in the study. She noted that girls' social tendencies likely make them more susceptible to the negative effects of social media. Research shows that girls and women in general are very rel uh, relationally attuned and sensitive to interpersonal stressors. When social media is all about relationships, Corey explained. At 13, girls are just starting to be ready to handle the darker underbelly of social media, such as FOMO, fear of missing out, constant comparisons, and cyberbullying. A 13-year-old is probably not developmentally ready for three hours of social media a day. And I agree with that, which is why I said what I said earlier. Guys, this stuff really is not for your children. Uh, it's ruining their, their images of how they look at themselves they're comparing their natural still developing bodies to the fake plastic photoshop bodies of women that are often in their 20s and 30s and in their young minds they believe that there's something wrong with them because they don't look like that without realizing that the women that they're looking up to don't look like that and then of course there's this which is even worse the next article we're going to be looking at is <clears throat> from the boys and girls scouts of america and it's titled Effects of Social Media on Teens, Understanding the Headlines. Now, there's a little bit more information in this one than there was in the last one, according and uh, including, rather, the uh, reminder of the Facebook lease by Frances Hoggins about how the Facebook company knew <coughs> that its product was dangerous to the minds of teens and children. And... Um, so we're going to slide down here and read some of these statistics. It says more than 40% of Instagram users are 22 years old or and younger, with about 22 million teens logging onto the site each day. Expanding the base of your of young users is vital to the company's growth. That's how algorithms work. Of course, these companies pump more <clears throat> of what you view into your timeline to keep you interested and keep you coming back. Teens who struggle with mental health say that Instagram makes it worse, but that they feel they are compelled to spend time on the app for fear of missing out on cultural and social trends. The features <clears throat> that Instagram identifies as the most harmful to teens appear to be the platform's core, such as the pressure to look perfect only to share the best moments and the internal algorithm that govern the explore page sending users to increasingly harmful content. <clears throat> Social comparisons are worse on Instagram than any uh, than other popular social media sites with teens such as TikTok or Snapchat. This is what we're dealing with, the minds of our kids being melted 
basically, because um, they can't keep up with the image that even the people who are putting it out there don't live up to. And this is, I'm going to go back to this paragraph here where it says more, uh, much of the information focused specifically on the effects of Instagram on young women. And of course, they're talking about <coughs> the findings that Francis Hogan leaked about how social media is dangerous, you know, on the minds of children. In a thorough investigation of the documents, the Wall Street Journal found a March 2020 slide presentation posted to Facebook's internal message board, which read that 32% of teen girls said that when they felt bad about their bodies, Instagram made them feel worse. Comparisons on Instagram can change how young women view and describe themselves. To me, this isn't much different than um, the way we looked at like adult female celebrities as teenage girls and then you know wondered why we didn't look that way although we were still developing these women were done developing they had they had grown as much as they were going to grow their bodies developed and curved the way that you know they were going to fill out as much as they filled out and with us we were still growing but we didn't understand in our minds like we thought we were supposed to look like that and the difference is as i said before back then your parents could cut the tv off and send you outside Nowadays, unless you're going to not buy your kid a phone at all or a tablet or an iPad or a computer or whatever, um, it's in their face all the time. And the thing about that is because I have kids in school with the iPads, the schools are giving these things out like they're taking part of your tax dollars that are going to these public schools, purchasing X amount of iPads and every student gets one by uh, just because they are a student at that school. What those are supposed to be used for is um, like snow closures and things like that, weather inclement days where they cannot get to school, but they the teachers can upload their work to uh, an online app and they're supposed to be able to access it from there. However, we know how kids are. They don't just use it for work. They play with it when they get home. And with teenagers, that's where you get Instagram and Facebook and TikTok <clears throat> and all this other stuff. They're uh, on those apps and you end up with this. And uh, it's really unfortunate. Another thing that makes social media such a problem is the fact that scammers have taken over such platforms as Instagram and TikTok, um, Facebook, YouTube, you have it, or what have you. And they're using this to get over on people. One of the most fascinating cases of this is what I'm about to show you in a video that was actually posted about this person by another YouTuber out of, I believe he's out of Nigeria. And uh, <clears throat> because the person who the uh, story is about is also from Lagos, Nigeria. And uh, it's one thing for social media influencers to get up and false flex and they get called out about <clears throat> the things that they're doing. It's something completely different when they actually have amassed the wealth that they're trying that they're uh, showing off, and they're caught uh, for doing it illegally. And that's exactly what happened with a man by the name of Ray Abbas, aka Ray Hushpuppy, who was busted and um, raided by the feds in Dubai in I believe 2021, who was then extradited to by the uh, UAE to the U.S., to Chicago, where he was held in jail and further extradited to L.A. to face criminal charges. So check out this short video and <clears throat> we will get on with the rest of our episode.
Jones. Two investigation exposes fan scams. 19-year-old woman and two men in their 20s were arrested at the Rancho Cucamonga apartment. Tens of thousands of people fall victim to these scams every year. Reports of internet crime skyrocketed. Instagram has become a growing place for internet theft and people masking themselves to be what they are. Here is Ray Hushbutt. His lifestyle was not fake. He just was a true finesse. Here is Ray in front of a Rolls Royce that has a market value of $340,000. Here's the same guy with the $150,000 Richard Mill watch. But all this wealth I just showed you, imagine all of it disappearing at the snap of a finger. Dubai police have once again solved yet another case involving an international online scammer. At the start, Ray sold secondhand clothing in Nigeria. He had a reputation as a Yahoo boy and, you know, as I like to say, a 419. And there's a local slang term we Nigerians use for a cyber criminal. During this time with the money that was stolen, Ray left Nigeria. He emigrated to Malaysia. And from there, he went to the UAE. As he continued to do his fraud online, he built an Instagram following from the clothes, the jewelries, and the cars he would post on his social media. You know what I'm thinking? right now when are we gonna have a modern day robin somebody that takes and gives to the community but i guess that's not happening no time soon what i'm saying is, is there are sources out there that has said ray has not lifted any of his old friends from poverty and he has also ignored multiple warnings from friends and families regarding his lifestyle what's crazy about all of this is one of his close associates even revealed that his dad is still a cab driver in lagos nigeria but, you know, whenever Ray would be asked what he did for money, he would often shrug it off and tell people he was a real estate developer. And he also has a right here on his Instagram bio. According to Glassdoor, a real estate developer can only expect to make as high as $160,000 a year. But everything Ray had acquired would all be gone on the night of January 2020. Six raids were carried out simultaneously while the suspects were sleeping in their Dubai residences. They found more than $37 million in cash, not counting what he had in different accounts all over the world. They also took the luxury cars that were used in his photos and sentenced them to two decades behind bars. Last but not least, what we are going to be discussing is the international escort ring that has been um, come to the forefront out of the UAE and out of Dubai in particular, which it has been revealed as of recently that has been uh, taking place since about 2012. So what, uh, <clears throat> for those of you who don't know, because maybe you're either not on social media or you're living under a rock, um, the UAE is a hotbed for wealthy men, whether they're wealthy Arabs or wealthy Africans or rich men, period, to just go and uh, shop on Instagram, like, which they use it as a catalog to buy, to find models to fulfill their sexual fetishes. So they go, they get girls off Instagram, they uh, negotiate deals in their DMs, and they pay these women upwards of like 50,000, sometimes six figures to fly to Dubai for a few days <clears throat> and participate in some of the most gross, disgusting sexual acts that anybody uh, could participate in. Now, there's actually a website where the confessions have been posted, or there's three. There's a one woman who just blatantly doesn't care. She's proud of what she did. She has no regrets. And then there are two on there where um, the, there's another one by a woman who uh, is believed to be this the girl that was called the Slay Queen of Uganda or Ghana or whatever. And she was the unfortunate person who unalived herself after she participated in the porta potty business in 
the UAE. Well, that's what it's believed about her anyway. So allegedly, she unalived herself for that purpose. We don't know that yet. But <clears throat> um, there have been videos of women being set up by trolls on Instagram uh, to confess and agree to film themselves agreeing to the terms of certain sexual acts and they're doing it with pride thinking that they're going to make all this money and they're going to get paid they're going to get a trip they're going to be playing on the yachts after the disgustingness that they participate in but it's all going to be worth it because they get that trip so uh, i'm going to let you guys see that and i'm also going to let you guys see an old vlad tv clip or not vlad tv yeah vlad tv clip of a woman who <clears throat> exposes the fact that this stuff had been taking place for years. So you're gonna see the confession, uh, the confessions of Dubai porta potties, plus this tape of this girl saying, well, she went to Dubai. She didn't go into those certain circumstances. She actually paid her way through, but she's known people who have gone out there as part as participants, I should say, in the escort business and um, how she feels about, you know, you ate the, women going to Dubai being solely associated with prostitution. So uh, let's look at some of these confessions and this video. Okay, <clears throat> so what you see here on your screen is the first of three confessions of a Dubai porta potty. Um, well, this is actually an introduction to it. I'm gonna let, oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm gonna have to edit this. What you're seeing here on your screen is the first of three confessions of a Dubai porta potty. And I'm gonna let, warn you guys, if you wanna pause this and read this one particularly, um, it's gross, it's very disgusting. I would recommend that you don't read this after you've eaten because it's gonna gross you out. It'll, I almost vomited, um, but I will point out some things that this girl, point, this girl confesses to. She says, well, first off, she tries to justify this by saying all oh, these men hate their wives and they're bored with life. So they're willing to try anything to satisfy themselves. And then she um, admits to this here. She admits to this and this. And uh, she admits to child rape here with a 14-year-old boy. And then she justifies it by saying... <clears throat> I'm 24 years old and I have $1 million liquid in my bank account. I'm now retired and can have normal with whoever I want. <clears throat> and then expresses the last point again, as if to say, it wasn't really that bad because now I can do whatever I want. Um, I don't know in what world she thinks that you can retire off of $1 million. There are multimillionaires out there that still work to keep themselves uh, afloat at the same level that they have worked so hard to get to. You have billionaires who don't stop working. So I don't know in what world this girl thinks that she can retire on $1 million without going broke and then going back into the same cycle of things that <clears throat> she was doing to get that money in the first place. But that's the problem. Um, I've noticed an increase in modern society of women who are just willing to throw out all, you know, moral or decency for a little bit of money. It's, it's, it's very disgusting. And I will say it this way as it pertains to relationships, because this prostitute attitude is pouring over or has poured over into dating uh, the same. <clears throat> and um, 
what it is now is that we are raising a, we have raised a generation of women who don't want to be loved honored and cherished anymore we've raised a lot of a generation of women who for the most part want to be bought and purchased hence how you have women that are willing to agree to do things like this and then say well i made some money from it so it's really not that bad um now i don't think this woman anticipated stories like this one where it says uh, this is a confession coming from an african Ghanaian lady porta potty and she her story is pretty much the same she was paid to go to dubai to um service i will say these men but things went horribly wrong and she greatly regretted it and this is supposedly the confession of a girl that committed suicide uh, that unalived herself um after by jumping from uh, the uh, i think the burj khalifa in dubai so again you guys can pause this video go back and read where you need to read but her account just shows that this isn't worth it then there's a third porta potty from las vegas who said that she moved to las vegas to be a stripper and um when did that become a goal? Like, I, I want to know when that became a goal. Because for the most part, when we were growing up, girls danced in, for dollars out of desperation. It was to leave a domestic ab an abusive partner or to um, avoid homelessness or something like that. Or they were forced there by a pimp. But you got girls that are just like, oh, this is a life goal of mine. So she decides that she's going to go and um, do all this. This one gets on a yacht and uh is basically made to service men over the age of 50. disgusting so uh <clears throat> what they asked her to do was a little more than what she was willing to do um and there was like an exchange there was some sort of uh, you guys read it because i don't want to I've already read it and I don't really want to read it again, but there was a back and forth in exchange. She didn't want to do one particular thing. And they told her, well, if she, if she didn't, she was going to have to find her own way home from St. Tropez. Um, and uh, that it's kind of, hers is similar to the last story. Um, but there's two, it shows that there's more of a negative consequence for this stuff than the girl with the first one who's like, mm, well, yeah, I did it and whatever. Um, again, you guys read this stuff because I refuse to read it out loud. I did, I've read it before all the way through from all three of these women. I won't read it out loud again, but this just goes to show you the world of depravity or the level of depravity that people are willing to go to, to for a dollar. And I want to know as women, when do we get here? Now, we'll tell you that a woman who is married and intimately involved with just her husband is being oppressed. But these girls are, are the ones that we're supposed to feel are free and liberated. The ones who supposedly take charge of, the, of sex and sexuality are the ones who end up doing things like this. And society wants to praise this behavior, but then call a married woman who commits herself to one man a slave. Now, if I'm going to be <clears throat> in this position where I'm going to be a slave to somebody, I would rather it be to a man that I'm married to than to be a slave to every man that's just going to have access to me, use me, and then throw me away. I don't know when being the whore became the goal. 
but you do what you please with that. Uh, this is ridiculous. As bad as the confession that I just displayed on the screen are, there's actually more to this Dubai Porter Party thing than what we know. Um, after watching several videos of this, I learned that the Dubai Porter Potty industry has actually been in existence for a few years, dating all the way back to at least 2012, which from today's date has been 10 years. So about 10 years, probably longer, there have been um, women going to the Middle East to, you know, meet the needs of allegedly the sheikhs and other wealthy men in that area and some even coming from africa and the saudi arabias to get their needs met now this is something that vlad tv already discussed years ago with a woman named nikki benz and i don't know if you know who that is but i look her up because i just happened to stumble upon the video on YouTube. Anyway, so what Miss Nikki discussed is the fact that the association with Dubai and prostitutes has been going for a while now because of people like Miss Elena Gonzalez, who was duped by an Instagram troll into admitting that she are recording herself acknowledging the things that she was willing to do with what she thought was a wealthy Arab man for, I believe she may have said something like 50K in the, U in the uh, UAE. Now, I'm gonna let you guys go ahead and watch this video. And I'm pretty sure you've seen it already of Nikki, just, or not Nikki, but of Elena, rather making a complete fool of herself for the entertainment of others while she thought that she was recording this video for a prince and an acknowledgement of an agreement. We are having unprotected sex and I will let Mr. Ali lick the rumors of my feet. I will also, um, uh, his virgin brother, who is 13 years old, to have with his uh, virgin 13 years old brother. And I will give him a blow. And I will also let Mr. Ali me up. And Mr. Ali is paying me 50,000 US dollars for this. I will receive 25,000 US dollars two weeks before I come to Dubai. This is my passport. For all these reasons and many more, I hope you guys have come to understand that social media can be a very dangerous place. It can also be a place where the most scandalous things in human nature are manifested, put forth into action, and brought about for the whole world to see. And if nothing else is taken from this video then i hope that those of you who are watching learn uh, have learned or uh will go forward to learn that you should be grateful for the life that you have like we've been so duped into believing that 
uh, are duped into coveting a life of luxury that we forget just how good that we have it in our day-to-day lives. Um, I don't know what we can do from here on out to uh, maybe turn back the clock and turn ourselves around in a different direction, but the way that we're going in, humanity is doomed. (laughs) And I'm not just saying that jokingly, I honestly believe that. So, ladies and gentlemen, be sure to tune in every Sunday, Wednesday, and Friday on Spotify, Red Circle, Google Play, YouTube, and IGTV. Subscribe, like, and share. Thank you, and you have a good evening.